0: cliffcentral.com
1: be welcome to studio. You're looking lovely. Red,
2: red is our favourite colour, isn't it? Red
1: is our favourite colour. Why? Because, well, it's, it's our you to see. Of course. It's a future, you,
2: you know what we were discussing earlier that, you know, we always introduce the show. Obviously, we always want to fast-track entrepreneurs' careers, but we're also very much into education mm. and giving out free education to all those million South African youths who usually fall through the economic cracks. So, we're not only about entrepreneurship, we're about educating Yeah, youth. and
1: empowerment. And th- th- when we say millions that's not an exaggeration it literally is millions and millions every single year that are are falling through those those cracks and those gaps anyway welcome to future ceos my name is gareth armstrong the lovely clubian boyer arnold is sitting next to me and that was her voice who do we have sitting in front of us and uh, shall we get them to introduce themselves
2: Shall we talk about the topic
1: Let's go topic first and then we'll get them to introduce themselves. Junk
2: status for who? <laughs> Junk status for what? How do we as entrepreneurs not only f- survive but thrive through the tough times? Should we ask them to introduce themselves? Okay, that, that was very good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Um, Ross, um, let, let's start with you. Uh, please, because as you mentioned off air, you're from Joburg, so we're going to take you very seriously. <laughs> Our other guests from Durban. Mm. Uh, Ross, well, welcome. Please tell everyone who you are and just, just give us a brief bite of uh, uh, intro into your entrepreneurial journey please
3: okay hi Uh, my name is ross drakes i'm the creative director at a company called nice work we do strategic branding and marketing for people who want to sell more and be very very successful Um, i'm also the incoming president for the chapter of the entrepreneurs organization here in johannesburg very nice wow um, which has helped me kind of immensely through, through building a creative services industry in this mm. economy.
1: Mm. Well, welcome, welcome to the studio. Uh, you didn't brag too much there. Um, we we love love bragging. Do you want to just do a little bit of that? We want our, our our listeners to get a sense of who you really are. So you've said something so a nice intro, but just brag a little bit. Clients, those kinds of things. Please. So we
3: help. We've got kind of two groups of people. We help. We help on businesses similar to size of ours to kind of um, position themselves to name themselves, to brand themselves. Um, And then we work for all of the, like, I think if you want to survive in South Africa, you um, work for the corporates. So we Mm. work for all the banks, um, a lot of the telecoms, and quite a few of the government organizations. Mm. And generally we get involved on a departmental level and not on a kind of mother brand level. So there's a lot Mm. of business units that need help to sell their ideas, to to look good, or to get funding, or to get recognition. So we come in and we help them kind of craft that message and to communicate to their peers or to their bosses or to the market at large. Um, okay. To, to I get think the Nice Work
2: need. and Future CEO might have a collaboration. In the future. I like <laughs> maybe, I like what's maybe, going maybe. on maybe. there. Well,
1: let's uh, thank you, thank you for that. And uh, th- you you do present a very nice angle which we haven't heard before uh, here in studio. So thank you thank you for joining us, Gavin. You're a little bit of a different Different, different kettle of fish. Who are you? Tell, tell our audience uh, a little bit about you as well, please.
0: Okay, my first name's Grant. My surname's Gavin, but I answer to both. So okay, that's okay. Okay, okay, good. I am from Durban. I left the slops and the baggies at home and I did try and dress <laughs> up today. But yeah, I wear a couple of hats. Uh, my main business is property. I've got two real estate franchises in the Durban North suburbs, and I'm Schlanger. And we've got 65 agents doing about a billion rand in property sales a year. So that's oh, wow. that's Remax. And um, I've got a couple of other property investment companies as well, buying and selling properties and then the holding of commercial properties. Mm. And then I founded the Entrepreneurs Club, the Durban Entrepreneurs Club. That's something that I do on the side where we inspire and, and connect entrepreneurs in Durban. Mm. And uh, I'm a public speaker as well. So I okay. speak on wow. sales and entrepreneurship and, and leadership. But as, yeah, as Ross said, I'm, I'm here from the Entrepreneurs Organization Durban chapter. Wow. And I fill the role there of the Marketing and Comms board member. Well, Mr. Gavin, thank you for joining oh, us. <laughs> right. we, we appreciate it. Let's, let's jump
1: into our conversation, which is really the, – the, the, I mean, we, we've just been presented with – a shock, which is the downgrade. Uh, we've been d- downgraded by every major major firm out there. Uh, it, it can come with a little bit of panic and come with a little bit of worry. Both of you are sitting across the desk here uh, from us and you're sitting in positions which are potentially going to be impacted, maybe not initially too too much, but perhaps on an ongoing basis quite dramatically. What are your thoughts about this idea of downgrade? Is, it a f- is, is there fear? Ross, maybe a thought from you.
3: I think, I mean, we, we felt it immediately. So we had a whole bunch of projects that had been signed off Mm. and we had the green lights and our clients just, they didn't pull the plug, but they're like, not right now. Mm. So I think the the first thing we all need to survive is that shock. Like it happened and everyone just stopped. They're like, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going any further. I'm just going to see what happens. And then we'll kind of pick it up in the, in the future. So, uh, you know, we we really did feel it initially, and I think we haven't even properly felt the the knock on effect of what it's going to do. I think the shock is going to have an effect, and I think the downgrade is going to mean there's going to be less less money in the market, which means tighter purse strings for everyone around.
1: Mm. From a, a so Grant, from a a property perspective, I mean, this is also a little bit of a could be a concerning period because interest rates goes up, go going up. Yeah, really impacts you very directly.
0: In fact, we were talking about that off off air. Yep. and I absolutely agree with what Ross said. It's the it's the consumer sentiment. So when people get nervous and they're uncertain, that's the worst thing that can happen in a market. Mm. You'd rather have bad news but certainty. Mm. And people are kind of sitting back, going, "Wow, well, what's going to happen? What are the impacts of this downgrade?" And so we we didn't quite see it immediately, but we're starting to notice it coming through into the market now, where consumers are literally withdrawing. And that's what they do in uncertain times; they withdraw from the market, mm. and that's a challenge. Mm.
2: Isn't being in the property market a little bit more stable than ordi- any ordinary businesses?
0: Well, we're fortunate that we haven't had the interest rate increases, mm. which you know, everyone's kind of waiting. And, and we, were, we were talking about this, is that they haven't come because our economy is doing so bad. Mm. So there's a kind of bad news and good news effect there. But if our interest rates started to go up significantly, that seriously affects the property market. Um, but as I said, you know, people just put off their buying decisions when they're faced with uncertain markets. So, But as, as soon as the interest rates start going up, your home loan, your mortgages go up. And now that people are faced to make decisions, hey, I've got to sell my house. I can't afford it anymore. Or I can't get a bond because now it's becoming more unaffordable or less affordable to get a bond.
3: Guys, I think people yeah, also yeah. stop. They stop if they were being a little bit bullish or if they had a, a brilliant idea that they were about to pull the trigger on. If it's a house, I'm about to buy a new house, mm. I'm about to upgrade. I think people just... Hold back. back, so they they don't kill their idea. They just yeah. don't execute it right now. And I think there's a lot of people holding, holding on, and just trying to see what's going to happen next.
1: Yeah, it's sort of a a a, a holding pattern, Definitely as you're you saying.
2: Ross and Grant, let's just go through like a, a number of ABCs for entrepreneurs, no matter what size business they have. What tools and what actions can we take just to still be part of the game and still be uh, have an attitude of you still want to make it in our industry. You know what I mean? What can we do as entrepreneurs just to survive for now?
0: Who you want to go with?
2: Both of you. Whoever goes first.
0: Okay, I'm a big believer in attitude and yeah. perspective. Okay. So, leadership I mean, skills leadership, 101. I mean, as an entrepreneur, you're a leader. Yeah. If you don't believe you're a leader and you're, you're leading a company, you have a problem. So the first thing that I always go back to is just maintaining perspective. You know, highlighting what are some of the things that I can control and I can't control. And, you know, we cannot as individuals control junk status downgrade, but I can control what happens in my business and I can control the attitude and the leadership style that I have with my people. Because leaders bring certainty in times of uncertainty. Mm. And it's your role as an entrepreneur to lead your organization through this by controlling or focusing on what you can control.
2: Ross, what would be the things that you, you would cut back on as you do in, in works? What have you cut back on and what have you said, there's absolutely no way I'm going to cut back on this. This is too important. This is too core to my business. Mm.
3: I think, I mean, the first thing that always goes is the, the, like all the frills the lunches and (laughs) and that kind of stuff. But I think there's a way of keeping on with that. Just you, you get the buy-in from the team. You go, guys, listen, it's a little bit tighter at the moment. So we need to figure out how to do the same work but for less resource or do it in a smarter way or how can we relook what we've been doing and do it in a way that's a little bit more efficient because so we can keep the company going up and keep it sort of maintaining and I think there's a very fancy lunch you can buy people or you can do spaghetti bolognese and in the end of the day they feed you feed you just the same and I think you know what Grant was saying it's the attitude like if you have a positive attitude and you want to survive this and you want to do well, and I think we all do, the the way to survive it is not to just keep going like you were. It's thinking like what – how do we keep moving forward and what is it that we need to change about how we're doing what we're doing to make us you know, more profitable or more lean, which allows us to sort of keep going as a company because I don't think – The approach of just let's just stop spending on everything is not a solution to surviving long term. It might help for a month or two or three sure. but eventually if you stop marketing you stop communicating you stop Training. new projects then you stop your business yeah then uh, in six months time suddenly you, you, you're you nowhere and the market's either picking up again or plateauing and suddenly you've done nothing you've just been waiting for something to happen
1: uh, what I like about attitude uh, as an answer and as a focus area is that you can absolutely influence it and th- so uh, let- let's go a little bit practical in your own businesses how would you do that so talk to our future CEO's community, how would you go about making sure that the attitude uh, as a whole in the business and across each individual in your business is still on track? Uh, we, there's a communication element, of course. H- what would you guys do?
0: Yeah, so I always take the view that I'm an actor, I'm on stage as a, as a leader, okay. and I'm playing a role. Mm-hmm. So I know that you know, when you come into the office on a Monday morning and all this social media and negative news has been out there about possible downgrades, I know when I walk in the office what the mindset of my people is going to be. So I'll get into a room or have a meeting and I make sure the very first thing I do is I address attitude and mindset. And I'll ask open-ended questions. I'll say, right, guys, what is the single thing that you are most concerned about right now? And I'll go around the room and I'll get them to to give their little answers. And everyone will be Jacob, Zuma, downgrade, credit ratings, this and that. And then I'll ask a second question, right, so the thing that you mentioned, you know, can you control it or can't you control it or do you have no control over it? So it just immediately shifts the perspective. Uh, And then we'll go and talk right now. How are we going to address this? What are we going to focus on this week? And what are we going to do in terms of stretching our marketing reach into the marketplace when Mm -hmm. everyone else is pulling back?
1: Mm -hmm. Ross, I see you nodding. This is something that uh, you guys have actively done.
3: Yeah. So we, every Friday we have a meeting with the team, we get together and one portion of that meeting is a thing we call good, bad. Mm. So essentially everyone writes down anything that's happening good in the company, in their work, in their projects, in their personal life and anything bad. And we throw those up on a board and then we kind of group them by category or by theme. And then the team votes on what we discuss And as a team, we discuss if it's a good thing, we just talk about how it went well or how we can do more of that. You know, how can we extract that as a learning for the company and and keep repeating that? Or if it was bad, it's like, is there anything we can do about it? Do we just want to give each other a hug and go for a drink? Mm. Like, you know, there's so many different things you can solve. And I think including the team in these conversations is very important Because I think everyone wants to understand That their company is going to survive Like mm. it's not great out there It's not going to be great for a while But if you all get together And you all work hard And you all kind of keep moving forward We will survive
2: You know what As entrepreneurs We always try and look for the silver lining So what happens At these entrepreneurship organizations That you guys both have In, in Johannesburg and in Durban What is the sentiment what's, what's the energy like When you are in this space
0: Well, you're sitting in a room with like-minded entrepreneurs. So we know in the entrepreneurs' organization, everyone who's in the organization has a business that is above a certain income level. Okay. So you're sitting with entrepreneurs who are very, very successful. But what's most most important is now you're networking with them and you're idea-sharing. So it's, it's a case of having a conversation of, hey, this is what I'm doing in my business. This is how I'm overcoming this. And these are the successes that I'm having. And then I'm going to take them back to my business and implement them. That's great. So the idea sharing and that peer-to-peer mentoring is very, very strong in times like these.
3: Yeah, I think, I mean, we That's have awesome. a principle in EO called gestalt, which is it's never advice. Mm. It's always you talk from your experience. And I sit in my forum with nine other businesses and we wouldn't have survived or our business wouldn't be where it is today without hearing, you guys, I'm having a problem with, you know, getting access to finance. And then three or four stories are shared of how people got there, you know, how they got finance and how they tackled this problem. And that, that kind of conversation opens your mind up to areas that you never would have, you know, you would have thought. Um, and I think it's it's such a valuable I think those conversations that entrepreneurs can have with each other is, is a, a, a way to survive in a, a time like these because you're going to have to be lean and you're going to have to be smart.
1: Now, I was at the African Sustainability Summit this morning on a panel with John Flismus, the comedian, social commentator. Fantastic guy. The, his last show was… Uh, a good racist, you know. So there's some real controversy there. But what he says is he loves destructive forces because destructive forces precede uh, growth, innovation, mm. adaptation, all of these kinds of things. And and really, what we are experiencing at the moment is some destructive forces. Definitely. And I mean, it's it's destructive in sometimes not so nice ways. Just, you know, destruction of wealth is never great, but there really is wealth creation opportunities there. Uh, let's go back to you you guys so that was number one we we spoke about attitude number two what uh, grant tell us what you would then do in your business or or you are doing in your business at this particular point in time
0: i think you got to also sit back and observe and see what's happening out in the marketplace and you know when you start noticing what other people are doing you start to see opportunities and we spoke earlier what don't you cut back on most people cut back on marketing and Mm -hmm. training which is crazy if you think about it. That is crazy. Training is something you need right now to keep your people motivated and to sharpen pencils and sharpen skills. So I always look at opportunities where others are removing themselves from marketing environments. I like that. And it happened in 2008, 2009 where we noticed a lot of our competitors removing themselves from the market, Mm -hmm. really cutting back from marketing. So we we stepped up. You know, rather like cut that. everything, as Ross says, cut the lunches, cut, you know, success is a poor teacher. So, when yes. we go through times of success, we start adding on expenses here and mm-hmm. we don't watch our expenses. So, it's always a good time to cut the non-lead generating expenses out of your business, but don't cut marketing and don't cut training. because if your I think you should make your are, brand,
2: brand even stronger in this time, so your marketing is, is not yeah, an option.
0: You're suddenly stepping into a space where others have disappeared. And it's worked for us in the past, so it's it's what we're doing right now. We're looking at opportunities as to where we can step forward with um, more sort of creative marketing opportunities. And people might be at home going, yeah, but marketing costs money. It doesn't. You you, you can be very creative with marketing Mm. when you don't spend money and you can still be impactful. No, so you should spend lots of money with your marketing companies, <laughs> All of you. <laughs> and, and, and it's
1: good that you say that, Ross, because the, the question is, uh, in in your particular case, Grant, it is a a B to C kind of business, really, is it not? Yes, absolutely. A, and then in your case, Ross, it's more business to business. It's definitely. Uh, so, how, is there is there an, a change here? There must be a change in strategy or approach, or what's the nuance or the nuanced difference between the two uh, the two businesses, please.
3: I think, I mean, for us, it's our opportunity right now is everyone out there is still operating with their own legacy thinking. So they they are doing it the way they've always done it. Mm. They've been spending money on websites. They've been designing in certain ways. They've been shooting expensive videos. They're, they're doing all of the same stuff they've been doing for a while. And now the companies that are going to survive are going to be, how can we do that same stuff? but much cheaper or, you know, in a faster way. I think there's lots of Facebook Live opportunities now for people to – You know, put messages out very fast, very, you know, kind of simple. Um, I think from a a production standpoint, this the glossy brochure is potentially not – you don't need that, but you still need that message to to be able to kind of get out there. So Mm. I think our company will survive because we can look at the budgets that our clients now have, and it's not about don't spend any money. If you've only got 50,000 Rand, come to us and say we have 50,000 Rand, and then it's our job to – create the biggest impact with 50,000 Rand as opposed to in the old days, the same money would have been 150 or 200 or 300,000 Rand. So it's how do you, how do you work really smart and achieve the goals that the client needs to achieve, but without burning cash, like we did in the kind of the rich old days, and, uh,
2: mm. Rich old days make us sound so old. It's going <laughs> back in time, being a guru of le- leadership, um, give us some leadership tools that, I, as a business owner, can take in these tough
0: times. I think leadership begins with who you are. You know, I always say the type of leader you are de- is de- determined by who you are as a person and people will follow you based on that. So, you know, I always say don't ever stop working on yourself. You know, sometimes we take up leadership positions, whether we CEOs of organizations or entrepreneurs leading small teams, and we're good at what we do. We're good at the task orientated stuff because we know our industry so well, but we forget that we're also human beings and we have to keep growing and developing. And uh, Robert Kiyosaki Always said that uh, you, you know When you become an entrepreneur you're, You have to be Far more aggressive In learning Than you were as an employee Because you've got to be On top of your game All the time And
2: he's coming to town He's coming to town Yeah mm-hmm. he comes
0: quite often Does he? Yeah. Are
2: you, are you going to go see him? As usual Are you a big fan? I, I actually went and saw
0: him A couple of years ago And I was quite surprised I mean one of the first books I read was his Rich Dad Poor That got me into property. Correct. And so I was so excited to go and see him when he came to Durban a while back. And he was quite um, negative in his look, his art, his sort of view of of what was coming. He was almost like this prophet of doom and gloom at the mm. the second wave of you know global recession. And, and he's a very smart man. I'm not saying what he was saying was not correct, but I went there to be inspired, and I actually I left there going, "Wow, what's coming?" Talk <laughs> about
2: other books that you would uh, give. Future
0: CEOs to read. Yeah, I'm reading one at the moment called The Soul of Leadership. Deepak of Chopra. Deepak okay. Chopra. Brilliant book. Yes. Brilliant book. Okay. Just talking about how the time is coming now where we need leaders to stand up. And I think if you look at our country right now, we are lacking leadership across all levels. And I it's know. almost waiting for someone to stand up and lead us out of this mess.
2: Women-led. I say women-led the re- oh, re- revolution. Yeah. Lead, yeah. lead yeah. us.
0: Yeah. No, the, the, the women in entrepreneurship movement is getting very, very strong now. Correct. And women in leadership as well. Ross, well,
1: uh, 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 can I go? <laughs> May I go, <laughs> uh, Ross? I, I want us to let, let's pull back just to the the conversation, which is the surviving and in, uh, in a downturn. Um, the there's three areas that we've highlighted, and let's quickly talk about each of them. We've got a few minutes left. Uh, there's this idea of uh, adaptation around products and services. uh, around business processes and then also this idea of always seeking out new opportunities how does that uh, across those three areas how does that change in this kind of environment as uh, as opposed to the rich old days as you referred to earlier How, how do you what would you do to address these three different areas
3: I think it's about encouraging your your team and your staff to be more do it yourself. So where you would employ a cameraman and you would get a, a sound guy, can you That's do that same so thing true. with your own can you buy a camera for ten thousand rand? Can and you
2: use your Android to do everything? Yeah, you can shoot
3: it on a cell phone. Absolutely. You can write it yourself. You can so true. you can buy stock. Like there's so many ways to be lean in, in your approach to creating things. You know, so so instead of sitting back and being like, oh, we can't do a website anymore. There, there's things like Squarespace. You can go and build a site for like $20 and mm-hmm. then it costs you $3 a month. You know, So you can build a site in five minutes and be online selling your stuff. You can make your own video with your cell phone and edit it together and be out there sharing your message. You can record a podcast using your cell phone, cut it together with a $3 app and be spreading your your kind of message out there. So I think there's a lot of ways... That you'll survive, but I think it's you know, Grant. You're talking about consistently learning. So you have to learn. You're going to have to push yourself into areas that you might um, have handed off capital. onto someone else mm-hmm. now. Maybe I'll do the PR writing. Maybe I'll, you know, like maybe I'll do the, the web copy or take my own photos to, to kind of still get out there and still push yourself out there, but without spending the money that you would used to have to spend. And, and you know
2: what? That's great when it comes to the entrepreneur because we always find opportunities in doom and gloom, you know, and especially when we're out of our comfort zones. Obviously, we all know that's where real growth Happen. So, it's an expi- if you have the right mindset, it's actually yeah. a very exciting time. Some
3: people are P- not going to catch on. They're not going to catch on and P- they're going to be standing
0: there waiting for it to all be natural yeah, opportunity to yeah. just run, right? Past also, I think there. everyone's yeah. so used to being given stuff. There's such an attitude of entitlement. And you know, if you want any bit of information, it's out there. It's on it's on Google. You know, you can go and find anything, any information on any part of your business. It's there. You can go and do marketing. You're going to kill me. You can go and do marketing pieces. (laughs) Like I'm getting great, great quality marketing pieces for $5 on Fiverr.com. You know, so these things are all out there, but you just got to open your eyes and go and look for them. You know, what I really
1: appreciate about the idea of stepping back into your business, you know, so often we talk; people tell us about work on your business or in your business, but what's so good about stepping into your business is the opportunity to see your business with new eyes. As you were saying, well, sometimes you, you palm things off or you delegate uh, appropriately so because you you need to do that you need to free up your time but often as business leaders as business owners we disconnect we 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 get disconnected from what our business actually is and what our business actually provides and can provide and that's where I think we are going to find value, what we can provide. Yeah, What's think, the next step?
3: I mean, you talk about working on your business. I've, I've, like I never figured out what that was. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been going for 11 years now and I never knew. People always said it and I said it to other people because you sound really smart. Yeah. You're like, I'm like, working, you know. working on my business. <laughs> yeah. I think if you want to work on your business, it's about teaching and empowering the people around you mm. to do what you do so if you you can only if you do it one hundred percent and they can only do it sixty percent, ten of them are doing more than you can at one hundred percent, so if you can empower them and kind of share that responsibility and share the opportunity with them to grow in these times, I think it 'll make your business be able to survive so it 's not one person pulling it 's ten people pulling or fifteen people pulling or fifty people pulling, which is how your business will kind of you know it it'll, it'll make it through these times or even worse times if there are worse times ahead
1: mm. no, no, good point uh, a final word from both of you because we actually have run out of time I mean, that has oh, gone qu- quickly that's how <laughs> quick you know, time does go <laughs> in the future CEO studio here Phoebe, um, uh, I don't know if you have another question to ask before You're shaking your head. Uh, A final word from both of you, if you wouldn't
0: mind. Yeah, I think at times like these, the natural inclination is for an entrepreneur to go into defense mode, Mm. to go into survival mode. And unfortunately, when you put yourself in that space, others are going to be in growth mode or in thrive mode, and they're going to overtake you. So just be aware of that temptation to put your head into the operational side of your business where you're scrounging to get money from debtors, make sales happen. And, and always bear in mind that if the ship misses the harbor, it's really the harbor's fault. And it really comes down to the leader.
3: Hmm. Ross? I mean, interesting for me, we had our entrepreneurs organization year in function last night. And there was a man called James Lawrence, the Iron Cowboy. Um, he did 50 Ironmans in 50 states in 50 days. Wow. Um, and he, there was one, one thought last night that he said, he said, 10% of your experience is the environment and the situation that you're in and 90 percent is how you choose to deal with it Mm. so i think we are in this situation we're in this country it's gonna it's bad now it's probably going to keep getting worse and but if you put 90 percent of that in a positive direction it'll outweigh that 10 percent in a heartbeat
1: Mm. what do you think
2: act Adapt and innovate.
1: Act, adapt, and innovate. An appropriate way to end this conversation. Gentlemen, thank you for being part of the conversation. Thank you for coming in. That's uh, the voices of Grant Gavin. You're the owner of Remax panache if i'm getting that right down in durban and then also ross drakes creative director at nice work but then also incoming president for our entrepreneur organization here in south africa thank you for being here and thank you for listening we'll be back with you same time same place uh, next week thursday one until two see you then
3: cliffcentral.com